The New Testament lesson is from Revelation, study in Revelation chapter 1. Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead and ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and freed us from our sins by his blood, and made us to be a kingdom, priests serving his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds. Every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And on his account all the tribes of the earth will wail. So it is to be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Thank you, Larry. The Gospel is from the Gospel of John. This is on the evening after Jesus has been arrested. So hear now and listen for how God is speaking to you through these words of John's Gospel. Then Pilate entered the headquarters again and summoned Jesus and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you ask this on your own, or did others tell you about me? Pilate replied, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. And Pilate asked him, So you are a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Here ends the reading. Thanks be to God. Now, this is Christ the King Sunday or Reign of Christ Sunday, Realm of God Sunday, whatever, uh, whatever you want to call it historically. It's been Christ the King, but we don't have kings anymore, so it's kind of playing around with uh, some other words uh, instead of king language. But no matter what we call it, we can give thanks for one thing. Many things, but there's one thing we can definitely give thanks for, and that is that Jesus is Lord, King, the one in charge, and therefore, by the grace of God, we are not. We don't have to pretend that we are in charge. We don't have to think that we ought to pretend that we are in charge. We are free from having to take on responsibility for the entire world. We are free from uh, pretending that we have more power than we do. We are free from thinking that anyone else has ultimate power over us. And that makes life a lot easier, I think. Makes life a lot easier. Saving the world is not up to us. Not to say that we're powerless. We are not powerless. Uh, 
And this doesn't mean that we are retired of our obligation to our neighbors and to the world. But we aren't responsible for everything. We don't have to carry the burden of everything. We are responsible to be the best citizens of God's realm that we can be. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is King. Like I said, whatever language you want to use, Jesus is sovereign. Not me, not you, not the president or the governor or the leader of any nation, not the leader of any corporation or any nonprofit helping organization, <clears throat> not the terrorists, not the military. Not those who abuse, not those who are violent, not the religious leaders. Jesus. And Jesus only is Lord. And the early Christians were executed for saying that. Numerous Caesars did not like the competition of Christians calling Jesus the Lord, because that was a type, that was Caesar's type. Only Caesar could be the Lord and the Son of God. And so breathe easy. You take a deep breath, a little sigh of relief that none of us is in charge. None of us are atlases with the world on our backs. We're not that powerful. And frankly, you know, we're not that important that we have to carry the burden of all of the world. Certainly not that important on a world scale or in the realm of human history. But we are important. And we are powerful. Where we are. In our community. In this realm. This gathered community. Or in the city of Eau Claire or amongst our neighbors. We are important and powerful. There is much that we can do. But Jesus is still sovereign, one at a time, as it were. And at the, I know some of you were at the Thanksgiving Eve service, uh, have already heard this, but uh, in his sermon, uh, Dave Stratton preached. And in his sermon, he preached about prayer. He talked a little bit of the time about prayer as he read a letter from Paul the letter that, I uh, can't remember which one it was now, uh, but in uh, Paul's letter he talked about how we ought to pray for everyone. Pray for everyone. And Dave, preacher, warned against doing a trite kind of, in the midst of the prayer, to just say, and God, we pray for everyone. For God, I pray for everyone. It's a little too generic, a little too easy. And Dave suggested, and I think it's a great suggestion, that we pray with the gratitude that God actually loves all of creation. And when I said that, then I, I started to spin out into some other thoughts from that. I, and it's so nice to hear other people preach. I kind of joke sometimes. Like, by the time Sunday comes around, I usually know what the preacher is going to say. Sometimes I get surprised. The Holy Spirit moves me and I say something I didn't have 
written down, but a lot of times I've heard this a couple of times already. Nice to hear other people preach and be fed. I mean, I listen to podcasts of sermons, and those are fine, but it's just not the same as hearing it live and being in the midst of, of a community listening to it. Uh, so I had this wonderful moment of listening to Dave preach, and then another thought came into me because I was thinking that this is Christ the King Sunday coming up in a few days, and I had that on my mind. And so Dave said that we should pray with the gratitude that God actually loves all creation. But I had thought we could add to that and pray in a way that honors God's sovereignty. Pray in a way that honors that God is in charge, not me, not someone else. Pray in a way that honors God's sovereignty. Pray for everyone. As Paul said. But you can do that specifically. Pray for individual and specific people. And also pray for your enemies. Pray for your enemies. Jesus said that. Pray for your enemies. But pray for them in a way that recognizes that God loves them just as much as God loves you. And that they are citizens of God's realm just as much as we are, or as you are. Citizens of God's realm. Or another way I think about this, Walt Brueggemann's an Old Testament scholar and someone that I trust and like a lot, uh, talks about because we don't use, we don't have kings or empires so much anymore, talking about, talking about God's kingdom as kind of abstract or odd. So he likes to think of it as, don't call it God's kingdom, think of it as God's dream. God's dream, the world that God dreams about. The world that God wants. And so offer a, a dreamy prayer for those that you don't get along so well with or don't particularly care for or that make your life difficult at times. A dreaming prayer. Not a prayer that they're finally going to see the log in their own eye and realize what a jack wagon they are. <laughs> or a prayer that they need to, you know, that they need to learn to be more civilized or that they need to be more moral. These are ambiguous, loaded kind of words. And truth is, we all fall short. They could be praying the same stuff about us. But what if we recognize God's sovereignty by praying as though God loves them too, because God does? Pray for blessings and abundance for those that you despise or that you fear, that you don't get along with, or that are making life rough for you, whether it's people in the community that you work with, or other nations, other peoples, whoever it is that's causing uh, stress or anxiety in your life. Pray kind of like this. To say, you know, God, who these people are is out of my hands. The only power that I have is the power of how I choose to react. And I'd love it if we could figure out how to get along, but until then, help us both be better citizens of your dream and keep blessings on them. May their family love them. May their friends be abundant. May they never know sickness or grief or pain and help me react more positively to them.
imagine that kind of prayer. That would pray that God's dream be part of their lives as much as it is of ours. Much better than praying that God just make them better people or to be more like me. If they were just more like me, God, the world would be at peace. And also to pray for our leaders. Leaders in the community, leaders in the church, leaders in the state, in the nations, leaders of, of other nations. For God is sovereign over all of them as well. Some of them wield incredible power on an earthly scale, but none of them have God's power. None of them wield the kind of power that God does. God is still sovereign over them as well. And there are some church traditions, especially Episcopalians and Catholics, that pray for the political leaders as part of their regular worship. That's sort of part of Sunday worship of prayer litany is to pray for the political leaders. And they also have to pray for the bishops and Catholics pray for the Pope and whatnot. I remember the first time I went to an Episcopal church and noticed this when I was in seminary. And they pray, we pray for our president and for the governor and for the mayor of New York. And uh, all this, I thought, wow, how dare we? So I'm thinking, well, geez, is that tacit approval of everything that they're doing? Uh, but then as I went back, I realized now this is something they do all the time. Whoever is in power, pray for them. And I have done that occasionally, but not very often. And maybe it's time to make it more regular, to remind us that wherever we are in the power structure of the world, we're still not an ultimate power. And that all need God's help. To pray for wisdom in our leaders, to pray that they hear and remember and that their hearts are moved by the groans of the weak and the lonely and the poor. That they remember and hear and that their hearts are moved by all, all the people whose care has been entrusted to them. Because Jesus is Lord. Lord Jesus is the chief dreamer. It's, it's Jesus' dream that we live in and that we're living into. And because Jesus is what Jesus is, we can remember that our leaders are part of our community imperfect as they are. And we can remember that our fellow citizens are part of our community, imperfect as they are. And we can remember that wherever our national loyalties lie, we are all citizens of God's dream. All citizens of God's dream. Amen.